Hello and welcome to Intermediate Studies of Podcast and Adrenaline. I can't believe I'm messing <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> well, we watch show. Hello and welcome to Intermediate Studies of Podcast and Originality, where every week we watch it, love and talk about an episode of the greatest TV show of all time, Community. I'm your host, Mike, today joined by Reese, Sammy and Jack. Today we're going to be talking about the psychology of letting go, in which Pierce's religion convinces him that the spirit of his dead mother is captured in a cheap lava lamp. I love this show. Uh, Jeff has a crisis <laughs> of... learns he has high cholesterol, and Britta and Annie try to raise money for the oil spill. Before we begin, just want to say a big thank you to Spike Cap for our amazing theme music. Also, once you're done here, feel free to check out our main podcast, Sorry Meadows, available on Apple and Spotify, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sorry Meadows Podcast. As usual, we'll just see what everyone thinks. Uh, Jack, what did you think of the psychology of letting go? He ends so many of his intros that way. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to say that? How long have you had that prep? About 19 minutes. <laughs> guessing, I'm guessing for the, about the last uh, like 12 lines of my intro. <laughs> yeah. You started off so strong, Mike, and now just recently it's been downhill. Yeah, to, just to like Greendale. F- <laughs> <laughs> but not it's like the show. But not like the show. I know. I think that fits the the show. <laughs> when you get to one specific season. Uh, anyway, uh, Duncan's back. And he's, he's glorious. He's I mean, so he was good. back two episodes he, ago, but whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he was, he wasn't really in it that. I think that it's safe to say he's one. a main character this year. I'm happy to say that. Yeah, is and he he is glorious. I think every scene he's in, he sort of steals the show a bit, um, and you just want to see more and more of him. It's great. He's amazing. What did you think of the rest of the episode? <laughs> uh, I like the Pierce stuff. I thought that was really fun. Obviously, the cult is a a great uh, <laughs> a great element of this entire show. Um, I, I, I guess the uh, sort of Annie and Britta stuff I could probably take or leave it it's not really that interesting to me um, but yeah I, I think the episode in the whole was great uh, I'm in a similar boat to you I think like most of the episodes are very good I think the uh, Pierce's mum stuff is great uh, I think whenever the laser lotuses come up it's always going to be a good story uh, I think the um, Arbed giving a baby and have uh, helping someone give birth in the background is one of the like best subplots in the show because it's just literally the whole thing is just a background gag. I think that Duncan and Chang's rivalry in this is excellent. Uh, I I'm with you, Jack. I could take or leave the oil spill stuff. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's particularly memorable either. But it's still a great episode overall. I think it's a fantastic one. Lots of funny stuff. Uh, what about you, Reese? All right. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? I think. I wasn't looking forward to this episode going into it because um, I don't really like the Annie and Britta stuff, but I found it a lot more tolerable this time, and it it fits in really well as a sort of going away from the more serious stuff about death and moving on and, you know, Jeff's midlife crisis of, oh my god, I'm going to die. It's nice to have that little <laughs> side gag that... And to be fair, Annie and Britta never work together. You know, I, I, I don't think they paired much together after this or or not as if they're not paired alone after this is usually an R bed or a Troy chucked in the middle um but yeah the 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 laser lotus stuff is fantastic and I really like Jeff in this episode and I forgot how great his moments with uh Troy and Duncan and PSR I think he's I think he's the standout of the episode character wise and like most of the story isn't even about him um 
actually note in my notes that was you know what Jeff is cool <laughs> he's a temple <laughs> <laughs> this uh, temple we... is made of ham <laughs> that eventually sags into sloppy incoherent temple of nonsense doom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the episode Sam uh, I am kind of on uh, like yours and Jack's side where I could take or leave the Annie Britta stuff I also think Shirley has just instigated like the actual fight and then sit and then just sits oh, judging so them for it. Skinny bitches. But like she goes over there with her bag of let's crisps. Get your damn hands Get off your my, damn hands off my, my let's um and then calls them both out but only like point out the flaws to each other. She's not been any there's no constructive criticism there. And then sits judging them for fighting after she started the fight, um, so that infuriates me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but I really love, the, I really love the Pierce stuff, uh, and as Jack said, Duncan steals the show every time he's in it, using the Force powers, um, literally just walking in, going, "So anthropology, what is anthropology? Seriously, this is not my field." <laughs> um, and then we'll break the episode, yeah, up then into. I think we got. I think we got a firm three plots here. We can probably go for. I think we'll start on Annie and Britta because I think it's clear yeah. it's all of our least favorite of the episode. We'll go then to Chang and I think Chang and Duncan for a bit because it's funny, uh, and then we'll finish on Pierce, Jeff, and Troy because that's a meaty plot. Of line. course, there is a fourth plot line in this episode. Uh, yes. If you did you know? Did 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 you notice this? I saw someone's giving birth in like yeah. One there's um scenes back in the STD fair episode when Arbed goes over the intercom and says, "If you're going to have sex tonight, don't use condoms." There's a couple that throws <laughs> throws it away. Then in the background of this episode, Arbed's chatting to the lady from that couple, and she's like heavily pregnant, and he's like listening to the baby. Then all the way throughout the episode, you get like those two together and like the boyfriend comes up and he has a fight with Arbed because mm. he thinks he's hitting on his girlfriend <laughs> then at the end Arbed helps her give birth in the back of a truck and then what have you done today I'm Arbed not, <laughs> not much <laughs> yeah because it's sprinkled in, in really great places as well so, you know Shirley's just sat on the bench during during Duncan's conversation with Jeff it's like you could you could easily miss it yeah it's always happening when there's nothing else visually interesting happening yeah. on screen so that like, you can spot it and you're not missing anything else too it's, it's so well done it's so genius and it's something that you've got to watch the show a few times before you ever it's notice it's timed in very well with um pierce's mum her speech where she's on about like that's 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 what it's like that's what life's like and you see a life being created it's like yeah that's really well written i wonder who i wonder who came up with that back gag or whether it was Harmon or whether it was something that it's been plotted. Maybe they maybe they thought to put it in like some some of the other episodes. Who knows? Um, I'm really interested to see who wrote that because it's it's genius. Um, I think it um sort of sets up the rest of the season pretty well as well because we're about to have a very baby pregnancy heavy season. Of course, yes. Yay, babies! <laughs> I'd say the main plotline of season two is arguably Shirley's pregnancy. To be honest, I completely forgot. <laughs> well, I think the main one... No, it's, it's Pierce being... An, well, Jack, it's Pierce spoilers is, for season two. Pierce gets Pierce villain. He's, he's already, like, hallucinogenic in these next two episodes. Like, it, it, it's, it's setting the seeds already for it. Ah, um, 
Britta and Annie then. As a plot line, it's um it's not a great story. There are some funny gags in there though. I think one that one of the most like memorable ones for me, and it's one that I always think of whenever I see anyone like screaming about really important stuff, is when Britta's like yelling at the crowd and the guy turns around and goes, You don't have to <laughs> shout at us. No one is on the other side of this issue. <laughs> That's the American football guy, That's isn't it? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for oil spills. Get Just destroy the pelicans. Get rid of them. Uh, Jack, sponsored by petrol. Although, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sponsored by I know Shell. the plot line seems weak when it's like paired with two really funny ones and one very emotional one, but in a normal TV show, this is one of the best... That plot line would be one of the best episodes ever as well, because it's just like you start with them like really excited together and then they 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 slowly collapse when they clash styles and then they sort of fall apart and it's like this is what happens when Jeff isn't around like they fall apart and they bicker and they shout at each other um i think i think that works for britta cuz i think britta feels like herself here mm-hmm. i think it's strange to see the way annie As is the acting because she is dumbing yeah. herself down and I, it's like I don't see pelicans bring that. babies. Oh, that stalks! I, it's like I no, love them. I love them. They're all pelicany. It's another case of Annie showing Britta up though, and like Britta not very happy about it because you know what happened in season one where Britta made out with Jeff, and then Annie did as well after, and it's like she keeps on one-upping Britta. Britta's quite insecure. And even now, at the one... Th- we already saw in the second e- the second episode how good Annie is at, like, campaigning and stuff because she really enjoys the organisation and the diorama stuff. Britta just gets jealous. I think it works. I think she's deliberately dumbing herself down to get money because that's the whole but point. it doesn't and- come across that she's deliberately doing it. Because- uh, I, you can see in her eyes that she's happy to make more money than Britta. It's a competition. <laughs> They're both competitive, aren't they? I think it's in their nature to, you know, compete. Which, yeah, I suppose it's something that goes forward with Annie in her competitiveness. See, I didn't... Her race to valedictorian starts that's soon after this. interesting, because I don't see that. I don't see Annie doing it as a competition. I just see it as her going, oh, I can do this and I can do it well. And it's just they disagree on what they should be doing to do it well. She makes it very clear early on that she doesn't care about the cause because she couldn't do something for Haiti. Like, she doesn't care what she's campaigning about. She's doing it to... No, she just said she had no ideas for that. She didn't say she wouldn't support that. She just yeah, said, oh, but I, I, she I had ideas what, for the oil I spill. knew what... It's, it, yeah. I think it's more of a vanity project on her part, as, as opposed to trying to raise money for a cause she cares about. Um, let's not also forget that it's a very important diorama, because it's the first diorama of the season. Oh! <gasps> Is this it the, is a is it diorama the, heavy season. Is it the first of the show? Probably. Hesitant. In the last episode, or the first episode of season two. Yeah, but um, they didn't, um, but they didn't make, make one, one yet because they only got one. They got Jeff one got aso- beaten up instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by the professor's own diorama of the combined <laughs> weapon. I'll use this, and you use this. <laughs> this is a, I respect you. That's why you lose. <laughs> <laughs> she's in this as well. Well, no, she's not. Is yeah, she in this one or the next. Hey, one? Sammy. Um, she's in. She's the yeah, antagonist. Explain one. Inception. I was going to say, Sammy. You must. You must respect her because um, 
Just like you, she understands Inception. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Sure. I mean, every <laughs> I mean, time I see that end tag, I think of you, Sam. <laughs> you yeah. understand Inception. I, I also think the Thank end. You. I also think the the plotline is a success because, like, when you watch them fight and all the people come around to watch, it is creepy. And then it's like, yeah, but men are. It gross. is creepy. It's just like, but the whole point is men are gross. Like it's it's like men yeah, are more gross than either of us. With the oily co-eds. That's, that's, yeah. What? What? Yeah, this is why I came to America. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, they're right. They 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 got a bit of you know, men are monsters who crave flesh. Uh, young yeah, crave young flesh. Yeah, yeah. It is a successful plotline. It's just compared to everything else happening in the episode. It well, it's not as heavy, is it? Shine very it, brightly. It's not as heavy, and it's like even when they fall out, you're like, this isn't going to be permanent because it's it it's just fighting in in fake oil. So <laughs> nobody nobody is on the other side. <laughs> Love uh, it. Shall we move on then to just an excellent rivalry of Chang and Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, one of the I highlights love... of the season, isn't it? Watching yeah. these two spar. Um... Just watching Duncan failing to teach anthropology in general is one of the highlights of the season. Right, what is anthropology? <laughs> Seriously, Seriously, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> really not my field. <laughs> are we are we uh are we hiding um lessons in in a way to thinly veil personal conflict again? If so, carry on because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> when Jeff takes the wrong message after his heart to heart. It's like now I know what the what my cause was. I can really double down on it and get to work on this. <laughs> oh no, actually, oh actually, I don't care. <laughs> I love that he's genuinely he's only friends with Jeff. And kind of our bed, and like he he could take or leave anyone else. <laughs> oh, and with the uh, also on that scene, he like sits down and he goes, "Now I think you're being a bit childish." And then Chang walks and he goes, "Hang on, I've got to use my force field to stop Chang from getting <laughs> food." Instantly being childish. <laughs> yeah, and he looks so mad when he does it. And, yeah, like, and with the music as well. And then it just like yeah. cuts the ominous music and goes. So anyway, yeah, what I would recommend is. Uh, <laughs> thing is because it's such a reversal from early in the episode because early in the episode it's like it feels very empowering for duncan when chang walks in he's got his tape measure he's making fun of duncan for being an alcoholic in fact i blew just under the legal limit just this morning <laughs> that's reassuring <laughs> I, I overslept that bench is more comfortable than it looks um and then like yeah it turns around to duncan just like going totally evil with it it's great I love him. I love and him it back. ends. It ends really well, where Chang just gets one against it. Mutually assured destruction. Well played, <laughs> Chang. Can you get a picture of me with the oily coeds? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> now this is why I came to America. <laughs> I have a right to be here. <laughs> it's just a fantastic rivalry. You do have a um, right. <laughs> and I also hope you have very good hearing, bastard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh. First time we ever get sad lame Chang. It's just not it's just not gone fully sad lame Chang yet. I just want to know how Chang got a uh, got a restraining order against Duncan because like he didn't do anything to him. He fell over a he fell over a chair. Yeah, but it's uh Duncan's abuse of his restraining order. Uh which He's robbing him of an education. And food. 
and food. Yeah, but you would think if someone has a restraining order on you, you would not join their class, or you would have. He didn't. Join... He joined Professor Bowers. And also, class. have you seen the anthropology True. class now? They're not learning anthropology. <laughs> yeah, Chang only joined because there was genital mutilation, so it was speaking his Changwei, <laughs> and now there's none of that. <laughs> And also just to hang out with the study group a bit more. It's just viral videos now. <laughs> hey, 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 not yet. Not yet, it's not. <laughs> uh, no, they're such a great well, pairing, because, like, I, I often think with side... I, I, they're, they're still sort of side characters. I'd, I'd often, like, there's a lot less pressure on their plot lines, so you can sort of enjoy them more. It's not as if what they those two do will like change the dynamics of the study group forever like it's not as if what what those two characters do is gonna stop the show or change the show in any way so you can just enjoy the plot lines and just just reap the gags from them because there are so many funny jokes between those two in this you have the four stuff um the tape measure of course yeah it's and i'm not sure if there is much in much more in this season of chang and duncan going back off each other there's the, you know, the there's the mutually assured destruction which sort of levels them in the series and I'm not sure how much they com- how much conflict there is between them for the rest of the season um, there's not much of a rivalry left between them because the rest of it's sort of just there well because sort of because it's not because like the thing with Chang now is that he sort of descends into being rubbish and yeah because there's no <laughs> rivalry left because Duncan holds all the cards yeah because he's he's the teacher yeah. he does feel very different this series um, or season Chang because He's had that power stripped from him, and it's just like this. He's sort just of desperate, clinging yeah. on. Desperate. That's what's good about Chang. <laughs> Chang changes every season, and still always feels like Chang. Uh, yeah. Apart from one season. <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> but if you take it, if you take it outside the season, and you just said it to someone, I could still one hundred percent believe Chang would do that. So even that's not out of character. It's just not written very well. God, every time we we hint about. That season, Jack just has no clue what we're about. <laughs> I can't wait to get to season four. Honestly, it'll be so good. No, no Jack, season you, four. You, you can wait to season four. It's seasons five and six you can't wait for. Best plot line this episode is Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Like, even from yeah. the very start when Troy walks in, he's like, I saw a dead body. <laughs> I think she just kind of crawled out <laughs> of it like a cat. <laughs> I told you not to use the East stairwell. <laughs> My pastor said it was meth season. <laughs> is that is is that what she says? Yeah, yeah. I said meth then. That's your D and D character, meth, with D&D. a th and not a ph. <laughs> That's definitely a reference everyone will get. <laughs> no, it's not even everyone on this Zoom call will get. <laughs> My mum's not dead. It's just that her heart, brain, lungs, and liver have stopped functioning. <laughs> and another word, another quite... word for that may be... I do really like the logic of the cult being like, it was a solid, and then we sort of melt it into vapours, and then later on, when we have better technology, we can just recondense the vapours. Um, but Sammy, do people in that religion ever take liquid form? Uh, yes, when... Uh... Buddha returns, they will all meld into a big ocean of knowledge that's flavoured like mango juice. Uh, Hawaiian, Hawaiian punch. punch. Oh, shit. Hawaiian punch. That's, that's the bit that convinces like everyone. They're all like, oh, yeah, I like Hawaiian Free food and alcohol. How much alcohol? <laughs> all per person. <laughs>
love about this uh, cult is the fact that its whole thing is the opposite of what Buddhism actually is, which is like rebirth and reincarnation and stuff, where this is like you become immortal by like having your body <laughs> rebuilt. It's like the opposite. <laughs> completely and I love that like the information pamphlet about it is like, it's all like crudely drawn stick figures. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Some guy clearly just like drew this as a joke to see if he could get someone to join. And then it just like picked up and he sort of just making it up as he goes along. Yeah. I want to see, I've obviously I've not seen the whole show, but I'd, I would love to see if we actually go to this place and see other people, or if it's just like a one-on-one between Pierce and some con artist. Oh, there's definitely... I, I can't comment. We never, we never, <laughs> I'll say that we never go there, but there's definitely more of yeah. them. It's like Pierce, oh, okay. it's definitely a full thing. I think what really complements this plotline though is like the, the way that uh, Jeff and Shirley change around it. I think that's a. I, I, know, I know Shirley hasn't got a massive role in this episode, but her 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 role as a counterweight to Jeff in this really adds to this plotline because, of course, Jeff's all concerned about death now. And then you know we've seen that Shirley's usually the un, the intolerant one when it comes to religions and stuff, and it's good to see that flipped. And then you know Jeff going from, hey, it's it's definitely a cult, uh, mellowing by the end. You know. Um, Jeff's mum's uh, CD is a really great moment in the episode. You, know, it, ev- you see everyone in the car. Spent her last moments alive making a mixtape. Yeah. Baller. And it's just it's like... okay. I'll I'll play myself out. Yeah. Cut to. But it's just like <laughs> it's heavy just like, rap. It's just like you watch Troy's reactions to that, and then how Jeff reacts. It's like it reminded me of a, like when when someone like Rick and Morty gets really existential about life and death. It really reminded me of that because it's like. It, it's stripped down to the very basis in this episode. Like you have a limited time span. Uh, it's what you do with it, and I think it's quite a, a leveling concept that is really nailed perfectly in this episode, and why I, I rate it so highly. Um, Definitely that smile at the end that Jeff gives to Pierce after Troy's like, and you still believe that your mum's in that uh, energon chamber. And Pierce is like, why the hell wouldn't I? And then Pierce, uh, Jeff gives him that little smile, and he's like, he's like, yeah, why wouldn't you? It doesn't matter. You're happy. It's great. Right at the end as well, um, he goes, uh, we all die anyway. No offense. And then Pierce goes, think what you want. It's a free country. So it's like, you know. <laughs> Although there's bits in season one that maybe didn't handle religion very well, this episode's just like, eh, people are happier believing whatever they want. So just let them get on with it. Like, Pierce is clearly very content and happy spending 2,000 Energon cubes on a new level. And Jeff is committed to uh, not caring enough to let them all have their own beliefs. Why can't they be cool like him? <laughs> and so many species that way. <laughs> he is cool. Look at him when he goes to get his test results and he's being all charming. And then he gets the bad news. <laughs> he gets some cholesterol. God goes, is dead! I don't understand. Oh. What? Did I accidentally tell you you have AIDS again? Because I've done that before. With one of the best cameo appearances, I think. Peyton Oswald, he's so hilarious, isn't he? Well, he was in uh, last season as yeah, well. Yeah, season one. He's still a cameo well. role. Yeah, yeah, still a cameo yes, role. Yes, but yes. I love that they got him for like two scenes. <laughs> right, on. These paps aren't going to themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no God! <laughs> wow. Tell us what you're thinking, am I right? <laughs> he's hilarious. Um, I need to be alone. You can do that. Leaving. By leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, uh, it's such a special yes. plot, I, and it's like I, I know that this is an episode where we go further on into the season. I'll I'll sort of like forget that I watched it. You know, it's one of the, like those mid-season ep- mid-season one episodes where you're like, "Huh, is this a community episode?" But I'm like, I every time I go back to this, I forget how great the Laser Lotus stuff is and the stuff with Jeff. And as I said before, Jeff is it's not even about him. This episode really. He's sort of like reacting to how to how information is given to him, and he's just like he makes it all about himself, like the egomaniac he is, and it absolutely works. Because, and I think this is I, I've been I haven't really been enamoured by Joel McHale yet. I think he doesn't get into his Jeff stride until season two, um, but he's really can happy. we call it whenever we talk about his performance? Can we just call it his Jeff stride? Yeah, his from Jeff now stride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think he's really started to hit his Jeff stride in this episode. Well, Anthropology One Hundred One's pretty good as well, but it's he's he's really getting into it, and I love it. What a great episode! It's a blood test. Oh, I knew it. Things were going too well for you. <laughs> she says you a week ago got beaten up and had wee thrown in his face. I love how he refers to himself as a Ferrari as well. He's that vain. Yeah. <laughs> Even a Ferrari needs a tune-up. <laughs> He's not a Ferrari. <laughs> no. He's a Beamer. Oh, I'm sure the Dean would agree. Deanaling. As much as I might enjoy that, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to step on you. That's the, no, that's anyway, next, that's, that's, that, that's, that's next week. That's, that's next, next week. Next week. There is a severe lack of Dean this episode, isn't there? We yeah, really but you can't him. fit everyone in. Like, we got Chang and Duncan instead. Yeah, we got I loads think. of Duncan. And pregnant. And, we and, get any Duncan and the birth episode. of a child. So A whole new, new character to the world. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shall we do standout moments then? Hmm. I think there's a lot of options. Let's start with Sammy. Oh, you're right. There is a lot of options. I don't know if I want to go for an emotional, like, nice moment or a funny moment. I think I'm, I'm going to go for a funny Troy line, uh, as per, like, most episodes. Um, what? I want to eat a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to give context and it's amazing you never need to give context to Troy lines because they're always out of context there's gotta be I'm sure there's a compilation on YouTube somewhere it's just like Troy out of context probably well I'm also gonna pick a funny Troy line then what's up with the lava lamp it's my mum it's not a lava lamp it's my mum oh snap wait what (laughs) fantastic (laughs) Just absolutely yeah. fantastic delivery. <laughs> One of the greatest your mum jokes of all time. Wait, what? One of the lava lamp. It's my mum. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I have a sense that I just stole Jack's uh, standout moment, so I'll give him a, moment, a, a bit of time to think. I'll get to Reese instead. Um, well, I think the emotional standout of the episode is probably Pierce's mum's, but as like the funny stuff, um, I do think that. Duncan going, now isn't that interesting? <laughs> this is my absolute favourite line of the season so far. <laughs> he just realises he's got a one-up on Chang. But um, I really... I'm, I, I'm surprised I'm going to say this, but my actual standout is going to be the, when when uh, Britta and Annie are imitating each other. And it's just so perfectly written. Like We got to the stage where you could just... Destroy, you could, 
that the characters are picking each other apart now. We don't even have to do it ourselves. And my favorite one is my my favorite one that uh, Britta says is, "I should I should count it." Seems that I'm a calculating bitch. (laughs) 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 I just imitate. I like pelicans and I love them. Yeah. Oh, I love I, I I raised so so much money, my back hurts. Like... <laughs> <laughs> say bitter much, much. Say bit. Say bitter much, say, much, say, much. Yeah, say say bitter much, much, much. <laughs> See that 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 bit there is the the one joke. That bit there is the one joke in um the discourse episode that I really don't like from season one. Done ten times better, and it lasts two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's just surely skinny bitches. <laughs> <laughs> You're so different. <laughs> Jack, what, what's oh. your what's your new standout? <laughs> Mine uh, has to be where um, Duncan and Jeff are sat down. Um, and he goes, now I think you're being childish. And then he sees Chan get in and gets up and does the force push. And charges after him. <laughs> makes him flip over a chair. And then walks back. Like goes, Palpatine. Where was I? Because yeah. <laughs> that's immediately really followed, childish. isn't it, by... Um, no, wait, that's not exactly what I was... I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Quality Duncan. Another, another great Duncan line in this episode that adds to the men or monsters who crave young flesh oh. uh, message of the episode is when he, he asks the class for any questions um, and Annie puts her hand up and he goes, yes, you, in the boobs. <laughs> and then she immediately covers herself up a bit. And what does he? What does he pull? What does he teach? Anesthesiology. Uh, what does he pull out? Anesthesiology. Just out. go with it. <laughs> Thing is, I can fully believe that everyone else in that class is really sort of rooted for Duncan, <laughs> and it's just like really trying to like help him. <laughs> One thing I have learned after this episode, though, is Sammy, you're absolutely wrong. I'm nothing like Duncan. <laughs> Are you not a drunk? I'm not a drunk. I don't drink. <laughs> no, not that side of Duncan. You're not an alcoholic. I'm not a creep. I don't abuse power. Hmm. I don't know that. You can't go. Mm, I don't know because I don't know you. Well, as someone <laughs> exactly. who has known Jack for the better part of 15 years, Jack is an alcoholic, creeping, power abusive man. Unbelievable! This the lies. <laughs> it's not that you abuse power. It's do you crave it? <laughs> I crave so much power. Jack, you made your first D&D character a patron for a reason. A warlock. <laughs> a warlock. <laughs> Tell me that wasn't Jack's first D&D character. <laughs> no, but it was in... Uh, how long have you been playing us now? Anyway, that's a different... Tangent o'clock. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, All that's left to say from me is goodbye.